it is time to tune up the band and my god it's the sweet chinwags music <laughs> it is time for another episode of the sweet chinwag podcast i am sam joined as ever by dan and reared and hello there gentlemen hello Yo, hello <laughs> I should have done that, like, maybe I should have done a what, patiently wait for the countdown, or... No, I just felt like, you know, trying to do a world's worst <laughs> JR impression. Uh, can would, we would can we some... just get the, uh, can we get the sound effect of the buzzer for, for like, the Royal Rumble? Yeah, <laughs> oh, oh, definitely, definitely. Uh, but, you know, I say I've got a bad impression of JR, at least it's better than Johnny's. <laughs> there's our new there's our new legacy uh, reference stuff. It's definitely it's definitely better than mine, so I can say that much. Yeah, no, it's like you you've you've got it down in relatively speaking out of all of us. Yeah. <laughs> nah, probably. Slightly. Ever so slightly. Anyway, oh going off in a tangent already. Oh, I can't believe I get to say this. We give you this podcast thanks to those lovely people over at SoundCloud. And we're on Spotify. No way. We did it. We I don't. Did it. I don't believe it. In my mind's eye, we will still and forever be pending. We I don't believe it. Be. But now it gives me a time to say, "Mama made it." <laughs> Adrian, I did it. I oh it's it's crazy I can't believe oh it's so nice and when it went up live and we and I saw all the episodes up it was like yeah oh I'm so chuffed but it's all downhill my friend had been bugging me for ages was like yo you get your thing on Spotify and I actually listen now I can go to him and say hey look (laughs) exactly yeah every every single person I know and every family member now has zero excuse Uh, I can now escape us now. I now I can now say happily that I am on Spotify and my father who su- loves and supports this podcast will never listen to it. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, we will we will now then and forever be pending on other platforms, but hopefully hopefully we can get onto our When other one comes platforms. along, there will always be another platform which for which we will be pending. Exactly. Exactly. So <laughs> You're real, man. Hopefully this is the start. <laughs> hopefully this is the start. Hopefully we can get onto other podcasts. I am looking into seeing if we can get on onto Google, onto Apple, and wherever you get your podcast fix from. Before we get on with this episode all about the Royal Rumble, it is time to mosey on over to visit Dan for this week's Wrestling News. Dun, 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 dun. Done! Big, big Spotify done this time. <laughs> Wrestling news. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> got now some, Spotify. Got some, got some mustard going on with these ones, haven't we? <laughs> this, this, this episode. <laughs> the big dog has arrived on the Sweet Chinwag podcast. <laughs> Ooh. Anyhow. <laughs> Yeah, well, I mean, we're going to be starting off with Raw. Uh, I mean, we had all the kind of fallout from the draft. We now have The Fiend on Raw, which is uh, interesting. It's a choice. That's where it all started. Um, it is an interesting choice. Um, makes me wonder what they're doing, considering it was... Wasn't it a Fox decision to bring The Fiend over to SmackDown, wasn't it? I think it was a... Uh, I believe so, originally. So, it, 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 it 
it'd be surprising to see what happens. Um, great spot from Alexa and, and the Fiend doing the double sister Abigail in perfect timing. My eyes. That was killer. It's re- it's kind of weird how good she is. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, it was it was a very it was very I don't even want to say mixed. It was a very weird draft. Uh, considering who was jumping uh, in from where. There were a lot of weird decisions in this draft. Uh, <laughs> I mean, obviously, we have the the New Day and the Street Profits just swapping titles over to brands, which was uh, an interesting one. If you needed proof that Vince no longer cares about the tag division, there you go. Uh, <laughs> we had a... I'm going to have to get this right here. Uh, I think... Uh, I think Raw's number two pick was the currently out of action Charlotte Flair. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Uh, Bearing in mind, Alistair Black got chosen in like the last round, but he's on SmackDown now with Paul Heyman. So we can only hope for good things because apparently he was one of the people that Paul Heyman was very hot on. Yes. We now also have Kevin Owens on uh, there as well. Um, I do just want to give one thing. Hmm. Why the hell is Retribution being drafted? Yeah, yeah. that made That's me That's so weird. Off. That's a weird... Yes, let's just draft them. That's... Like, are, okay. they, are they basically they... terrorists? <sighs> Cyber terrorists. Okay, they tried to, like, like, get through the thing of them signing contracts, which is its own thing, right? Mm. But, like... Why should they have to care about the, the about the brand split? Because <laughs> yeah, they started attacking every show. Remember, remember the Halcyon days of a few months ago where they were attacking every show, yeah. and now they're just exclusive to one show. <laughs> Dude, and then we get next week. We get well, Mace brackets Dio Madden <laughs> against MVP, which is going to be an interesting match. Indeed, indeed, um, it will. Mm. But, but blimey, like, Dio Madden's actually getting TV time. Holy I know, crap. finally. It only took him looking like the Predator to do it. I mean, sometimes in life, you have to just look like the Predator. Yeah. See, not even I was going to make a comment, but I've decided it's against better, ju- it's better judgment to not <laughs> say it. I, I will say now, like as, as a comment for everyone here, if they really want to know more about Reardon, I can imagine that his heart is broken knowing that even a reference to JoJo's Bizarre Adventure can't get Dio Madden over. It hurts. <laughs> it hurts. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, come on, guys. Come on. And here was me thinking the Nico right. Nico knee was going to be the most over finisher in WWE, but I digress. <laughs> the most protected finisher in history. <laughs> It's just, and like, just going through the rest of it, and it's just like, we're getting to like the final rounds, and then finally, like, Nakamura and Cesaro get chosen. I'm like, well, I can clearly see how much they value the tag division here. Yeah. Uh, and value those two, especially. Which is stupid because they're amazing. <clears throat> God, it's another week, we another time we start getting angry over their booking of Cesaro. We won't do it. Yeah. I refuse to do um, it. Um, We've, we now have it 
mostly confirmed. Uh, Fightful were reporting it recently that uh, there will be no more Raw Underground. So, mm. we hardly knew ye for like eight weeks. Uh, <laughs> I have no idea what's going to happen to all the people that are on it. <laughs> yeah, or I what's going to happen in any other case because they're probably not going to get much TV time. Yeah, mm. um, from uh, if I believe Dabakato was a pick for Raw. Uh, I think mm-hmm. that's about it. He came below our truth. I mean, I mean, that that, that that's the spot you want to be at, isn't it? <laughs> My God. All I'm saying is, I'd probably be picking our truth over him, but that's just me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, um, yeah, there we go. The the round the round six picks: uh, Titus O'Neil for Raw. <laughs> Carmella for SmackDown, Peyton Royce for Raw, Alistair Black for SmackDown, then Akira Tozawa for Raw. Does, does that mean his ninjas are coming with him? Possibly. Just, we haven't I'd seen them in weeks. I would assume as much, surely. Surely the ninjas... Surely, surely the ninjas and him are a package deal. Yeah, I, I, I would have thought, but like, we don't know at this rate. Oh, the fleet of motorcycle ninjas... It rolls right off the tongue, doesn't it? It doesn't make me sound like a bad man at all. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. Well, speaking of factions, we had uh, the Hurt Business against Ricochet for, like, the 19th time. Uh, Ricochet won using the Eddie Guerrero chair spot, loved the tribute, uh, and made what was, to be fair, a pretty good match between them, if a little boring and contrived, because, you know, we've seen it, like, 18 billion times at Mm. this point. Um, had some fun with it. Loved Ricochet going for like the Southern Bell faint. <laughs> yes. Oh, I say. Oh. Like, that's literally the only way to describe it as well. It was fantastic. Really funny. Gave him a bit more character, and I hope they do more with him. I really. I. I. I mean, we say that all the time, and mm-hmm. here's hoping that it does happen. I'm. I'm. I'm, I'm begging for it to kind of happen. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, we had the the. <laughs> The continuation of the torture and punishment of Lana (laughs) (laughs) with her winning of the dual brand Battle Royal, which I can only assume is going to end horrifically. Yeah. Probably Mm. in a squash for Asuka. All I'm saying is it's going to end horrifically in one of, well, in both ways, if Lana wins or if Lana loses. Well, all I'm envisioning is that Asuka's going to win in a squash match, and then I just assume Nia Jax is going to appear out of thin air and then put her through a table, the announce table again. <laughs> appear from behind her like Kenshiro. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. We're making a lot of anime references, and I'm, over, I'm okay with That's this. just us anyway. I mean, to be quite honest, like we make less anime references than I would say 50% of all British wrestling podcasts true <laughs> very true we're good we are very good we need to step our game no, i'm just kidding uh, <laughs> anyway umayawa um, anyway <laughs> um but um god this is now just making me think of all the time i've been playing on the yakuza games recently yes boy now you just now you just make me want to play um ken's rage again <laughs> anyway ending anyway Ending for Raw, we had the reappearance of Lars Boringvan anyway onto NXT. Yeah. Um, you know, Undisputed Era are now uh, number one contenders for the NXT tag titles. I am quite liking what they're doing with Brizango because they are actually leaning into the whole comedy thing. Yes. 
Yes. Like, they, they, they know what they've got with them. They know they don't need to sell them as being serious. And I can appreciate it. I can very mm. much appreciate it. Um, I also appreciate them booking the Undisputed Era against them, just because they know that they can kind of do the same back. Yes. Yes. Um, if Roger Strong's for, proven for, everything, he's got some comedy chops I was going to say, for, for those that don't know, Bobby Fish is actually hilarious. Oh, God, is he hilarious. Indeed. <laughs> like, like, he actually is really, really funny. <laughs> like, seriously, go back and watch The Authors of Pain versus uh, Fish and O'Reilly, and it is just some of the most funniest comedy spots you'll ever see from both Fish and O'Reilly. Yeah, it, they're really, they're actually really good at it. So I'd really like if they did it back to um, Undisputed Era and then had Undisputed Era versus Lorcan and Birch. I need, yeah, we need that match again. I mean, have that match I don't, again. I don't, I, don't, I don't get the feeling that Breezango versus Lorcan and Birch or versus Imperium would be that great. Although they have done some good stuff with Imperium. Yes. Uh, we had Raquel Gonzalez throwing out the challenge to Rhea Ripley, all four seeing them go at it again. Oh, Probably at another takeover. Yes. All I for want, it. I want to see another big Hoss women's match. Yes, please. Can Absolutely. I just say that like Rhea Ripley's like shoulders are now huge? <laughs> yeah, they but, are. Like I only like I saw a video. I'm like, oh my god, oh my! Like she has like She-Hulk proportions oh, right now. A hundred percent here for it, but it was staggering to see. <laughs> yeah, like. She's huge now. She is jacked now. Certifiably hench. Like, did she, like, eat... I Do you think that Charlotte, the reason Charlotte Flair isn't on TV is because Rhea Ripley ate her? <laughs> I hope so. Because <laughs> that's the... Because we all know Rhea's better than Charlotte, don't at me. Oh, so, no. So here we are, ladies and gentlemen. We've just found out that Rhea Ripley is Kirby confirmed. I believe it. <laughs> um, before I get before I get banned from this podcast for first posting, I'm gonna go ahead and just move forward. <laughs> um, <laughs> I've been biting my tongue the entire the entire time. So. Uh, we had the seeming tag team of Jake Atlas and Ashanti Adonis, previously to Hootie Miles, if you didn't know him, he was on 205 Live and yep. sometimes on Main Event, uh, versus Legado del Fantasma. All for it. Yeah, Love these guys. Definitely nice. like how they're slowly introducing Jake Atlas into the upper mid card. Mm, a very solid tag team match, for sure. Yeah. A very solid tag team match, and yeah. Yeah, I'm, no, I'm, I'm definitely liking, for it. Liking what they're doing with Jake Atlas a lot. Yeah, I definitely think they've got a little bit of work to do in terms of bringing um, Ashanti Adonis up, but I think pairing him with Isaiah Scott would probably be the best move like they did at TakeOver. Yeah, I want to definitely see a... You know, give them a bit of time working tag team and then they can move into the upper mid-card together. Yeah, just... Mm. They haven't really been able to to find their place, but I think with with this kind of setup, they'll they'll find it. Yeah, for, for sure. Uh, as we make the approach to Halloween Havoc, oh, so excited! We had the 
surprising revelation from Shotzi Blackheart of the Spin the Wheel Make a Deal match. Oh sure. my goodness, yes, another wow. WCW gimmick coming back. Wow, man. <laughs> it was uh, it was interesting. <laughs> Did you see the match stipulations? I only saw a few of uh-huh. them on, on the wheel, but like Boiler Room match was in there. Um, I saw, I mean, was it the the coal miner match? Yes, I think. I, saw, I think also correct me if I'm wrong. Or the coal saw... miner, the coal miner glove. Yes, coal miner glove. Yes, and I saw. I think I believe I saw a dog collar match on there as well. Yeah. Um, nah, it's, I'm so so hyped for Halloween Havoc. Like you would not believe. It's just I. Dude, really I just want hope... my giant pumpkin vampire yes. back. They've got to have <laughs> the giant like pumpkin. Shit, just want him back. <laughs> Look, they did in your house. Great. And I think the set there was just like, brilliant. You've got in your house right. You, I think the one thing that will make this great, purely, purely great, straight off the bat, is that you have the pumpkin. We need the pumpkin. I want the giant vampire pumpkin, man. Sponsored by Snickers. Uh, I feel yes. like I'm in a fever dream right now hearing you talk about this damn pumpkin. <laughs> That's understandable, because to be honest, the set looks like a fever dream, but that's the reason it looks so good. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, we had the return of Tony Storm. Oh. Uh, to be fair, right, the the NXT women's division is just illegally stacked. <laughs> it's, yeah. it's criminal at this point now. <laughs> like... I know people have been giving heat to the AEW women's division that it's deserved, but like, I don't know how they can compete because the NXT women's division is just so ridiculous. Yeah. Like, it's amazing now. We've cut. We always. I mean, even a few years ago, you would have said, "Oh, there would have been at least like four to five women in in the women's division that would probably be standouts and you know, uh, wrestlers of their generation." But to have a whole entire roster of just absolute elite wrestlers. Man, it's so good to see how far women's wrestling has come. Yeah. It's just so crazy that they're just working with, like, you know, we're looking at the title picture now, and we're looking at, like, six or seven people that could easily be champion. Yeah. Oh, just, oh. It's absolutely ridiculous. Uh, just to continue with NXT, and we're bringing it over to our, our home NXT, NXT UK, Jeez. just briefly to talk about the... Um, uh, Pete Dunne and Ilya Dragunov match against, uh, was it Walter and Alexander Wolf? Oh. Oh. Now, there's one bit I want to mention from this, and it's the goddamn chop that Walter did to <laughs> Ilya Dragunov. That chop resonated around the entire arena. Yeah. Oh my god. He bro. caught that clean and then some. <laughs> if there is one thing uh, you need to know about the rivalry of Dragunov and Volta in Germany, especially, is that Ilya Dragunov's chest look like looks like tenderized meat by the end of every. I'm surprised that it isn't has. caved inwards. <laughs> All I say is, type if you want to search on Google, type in Ilya Dragunov versus Walter Chops, and you will see a horrible, the most horrible welt. Um, after Dragunov, I think, took 20 chops from Volta. Nope, none oh, of that. Why would you do that to yourself? Nope, 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 none of that. Because yeah. I saw that, I saw the one. <laughs> that is true, he's in Bazikba. Um, 
but like like there's there's no way to really just properly describe it but like walter basically caught him with like a chop with like on like a pullback yeah oh. like it that it had an echo it it it, it basically was a thunderclap <laughs> like that, that's it, that's so accurate for what it was and it was just so ridiculous i heard and i was like nah nah <laughs> i'm good if all else <laughs> keep though, me away from him if all else though this gets me proper excited to see uh dragonov and volta for, for, the, for the uk championship i want a wxw match I have been so excited to yeah, see a WXW style match. I am so ready for it. I want to see Ilya Dragunov just like launch himself at Volta. <laughs> we all want that. We all want it. No, it's so hard for that one for sure. Yeah, I know. Um, going over to SmackDown. Uh, I'll be honest. I initially said I didn't want the Roman and Jay stuff to continue going, but it has, and it's still been pretty damn good. Yeah. Yeah, I'm. I for the. I think for the first time in a very, well, ever I would say, I'm excited for the Hell in the Cell pay per view. Yeah, yeah, that's kind of true to be honest. Uh, and it's true, true and tried testament of both uh, of both guys actually. Um, doing some really great promo work. Really great promo work, actually. Yeah, uh, I sometimes I listen to like their. You know what? You know how I know that their promo work is really good. I actually can't listen to it because it's too much. Like I'm in, I'm in a room where a family is actually having a full on argument. <laughs> That's and, accurate. And you and you can't leave. Yeah. But you don't want to listen to this. <laughs> Exactly. There was just some. There was just something so visceral about like Jay just saying "I love you" and then just slamming a chair over Roman's head. Yeah. <laughs> I can't describe the feeling behind it. Welcome to Thanksgiving at the Anawaii family. <laughs> He's just we... like "I love you" and just slams him in the head with a chair. We are we are slowly reaching like, um, Dostoevsky levels yeah. of family hatred. <laughs> Fantastic reference there, really. That's, Five yeah, points that's, to you. That's, that's a real. I'm like kind of surprised. This this is a very that's cultural podcast. One. This is a real cultural podcast, you know. <laughs> Wrestling uh, through the lens of 20th century um, Russian <laughs> or Russian literature. <laughs> Gots to do it. Gots to do it. In this essay, I will. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, once again on SmackDown after the draft, we had the reappearance of Lars Borovan again, um, and then we had the Street Profits, who were great as ever. Why does he exist? <laughs> as I said, we're moving straight on. Street Profits, great, amazing okay. tag team. Um, There's something about Montez Ford, the height he gets... Yeah. on his moves it's just ridiculous to be fair, I mean, the guy's like, a gymnast but and also like isn't that guy like he's almost basketball level oh of yeah height, isn't he he's quite a tall dude mm. yeah he's the lebron he, he james is exceedingly tall <laughs> like he is exceedingly he's exceedingly tall for some i feel like uh, in my mind gymnasts are always pretty short yeah but maybe it's because of like that uh i can't remember if i've forgotten that lady Who's like the like that American gymnast? Who's like five oh, foot, like one or something? Yeah. Something ridiculous. Oh, um, 
God, what is her name? Ah, oh, the name escapes me, but I know who you're talking about. Yeah, we all know, and shout out to that lady. Apologies that we've forgotten your name. You're <laughs> awesome. <laughs> but, uh, oh, yeah, man, like... Yeah. They're just so they're just so great, and like they can just kind of do everything. I'm kind of happy with them staying as tag team champions. Not that they really have many people to contest them, but that's another thing. Yeah. yeah. Um. Continuing on with SmackDown, um, I mean, can the Seth Rollins stuff stuff just stop? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If he wants to have a feud with Daniel Bryan, I'm all for it. But. Yeah. But can we just stop the Rey Mysterio stuff? I'm fucking done. <laughs> I'm, done. I'm I'm so so done with it, and I I, I feel like Daniel Bryan was like, "Why am I here?" And during could be like <laughs> during the promo where Seth was just proclamating that he should be by his side, and Daniel Bryan's just like, "This sounds dumb." <laughs> I'm I'm returning to this, really, really. <laughs> it's just when he was there and then called the promo dumb, and I was just like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah." yeah. <laughs> but uh, I'm just hoping this. Uh, I'm just hoping this sets up Murphy and Rollins because I kind of want that. Well, but... that's what it look. That's what it looks like. Although I'm hoping they're not going to do it for Hell in a Cell. Oh gosh. Mm. Oh, that is the lo- even though that is the logical conclusion. Of course, yeah. But uh, we'll see. But how I don't on. want it. <laughs> we'll see how we get on, or how Vince will get on. See how he feels. Yeah, we'll see. Yeah. Um. Moving ahead, though, for AEW, we had the full the announcement for the Full Gear tournament, or the tournament happening at Full Gear. I've seen different people reporting it different ways. Mm. Um, but it's the World Title Elimination Tournament. Uh, I would guess, by looking at the brackets, we're probably heading for a Pedro Mega Final. Yes. Um, I mean, if you had my choice, I'd probably be, I'd probably be going for uh, Pentagon Jr. versus Page, but that's just me. That I mean, mm. I would love to see that match as well. <laughs> but that definitely honest. looks that definitely looks the way it is. Or we get the shock of the century and Colt Cabana wins. I mean, come on, that's got like money written all over Colt Cabana versus John Moxley. Come on, Tony yeah, Khan, come on. book it, Tony Khan. <laughs> Do it. Let's see. Give if... me, give me Colt Cabana versus Joey Janela. <laughs> Let's see if. Let's see how. Let's see if John Moxley won't kill himself this time. Another brief mention just to um, the Eddie Kingston promo and everything after the uh, the world title match against Lance Archer, just because he was amazing Chef's as ever. Kiss. Chef's kiss, please. I know he's saying that this will probably be his last run, so please, just please give him a run with the world title, because that man has bloody earned that, earned it from his promo work alone. Just, It's been so good. Otherwise, though, going into other wrestling news, we had the announcement of the 30 Days of the Dead Man series on um, WWE Network, just chronicling over... The Undertaker, mm-hmm. and then the announcement of the Brothers of Destruction documentary, which they be airing the Austin Film Festival. That forward to that. sounds that sounds really interesting. Yeah, no, I'm definitely interested in it. Just to have Undertaker and Kane very candidly talking about their time in wrestling together. One became a biker, the other became a mayor. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> it's still so goddamn weird that he's an actual politician <laughs> i feel like the more i feel like the more pressing thing for me is that kane is a libertarian 
Yeah. So all like that is kind of weird, isn't it? I don't know but, why. I don't you, know why it feels weird to me, but it does. Even you know, though it probably shouldn't. You know, yeah. Mm. You know, it's like I am. I yeah, because it's like I can't see him being a Democrat at all, <laughs> like at all. I mean, in the same vein, there was the whole thing on Twitter where people were amazed that uh, Kevin Nash stands up for BLM, and I was like, why? Why would you not expect that? If you know Kevin Nash, you know he's all about that. The man came out to Dr. Dre, so yeah, the man I think he definitely <laughs> would stand up for Black Lives Matter. For Dude, sure. Kevin Nash is amazing. He's a, if anything, I think he 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 kind of truly represents the word gangster for white people, anyway. <laughs> Good dude. Good dude, dude, he is out on Twitter calling people super crackers. I'm all for it. <laughs> <laughs> That's a real thing he's tweeted, by yes. the way. Fucking A. I love it. Um... Uh, just quickly going over to New Japan. Uh, it is now, it was then over for uh, for J1. Uh, um... And we now know that Koto Ibushi has won the A block. Yeah, and uh, he is now. I, I've, I don't know if I'm exactly right on this, but I believe he is the third, the first person to get to uh, three consecutive. Yes, I believe so. Finals, uh, which is pretty ridiculous considering his body of work in DDT Pro. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but I'm happy that he's been able to make that transition, and people are able to take him seriously as they should because he is just that good. Oh, mm. oh, no. Yeah, uh, so Jay White. We're definitely in. We're definitely in an mm. interesting situation for B Block. Yes. Uh, in that it could be any one of Tetsuya Naito, Evil, or Sonata that win it. Yeah. Yeah. The um, only thing I can say is I really don't want Evil to win. <laughs> look, I'll say this um, about Evil: the the setup and the payoff of Evil turning on Naito and, and winning the championship was great. Um, do we need to see it again? I don't know. I think it could even be up to it. Absolutely. I think he did show that he was up to being a great heel. Um, but I feel like momentum-wise for fans, I feel like it's more on Sonada's side than it is on Evil's side. Um, so I would definitely love to see Sonada versus Ibushi in the G1 final. I, I think that... yeah, that's why. That's why I that I I feel like for me. I would like to see Sonata there to have Sonata Ibushi, and then we get Sonata versus uh, Naito. Yeah, I mean, would this signal the downfall of Lij? Oh, I don't even know if I want to see that. To be honest, <laughs> well, that's that's the kind of thing I'm trying to think of what they're trying to build to, and yeah. I, I mean, like, I I mean, I, I don't mind. I don't have much objection to Evil getting there, but it, it just kind of feels odd. Yeah. Yeah, it feels I, a bit forced, if if you will. I mean, that's just I've, it, it, honestly, that's kind of sometimes New Japan storylines in a nutshell. Uh, <laughs> but, yeah, that um, is pretty true. But mm. I, well, I, I I I wait with bated breath to see what happens. Um, and just this is just a, this is just a side note thing, right? Let's say Naito wins B block, mm. and then Naito wins against Ibushi. <laughs> Ooh. What happens? <laughs> well, of course, um, they've got to set up who will be number one contender at that point. And given that, of course, shows are very limited, and finally, especially with the last show, they've managed to get fans into shows, 
which you know by the way is an amazing achievement especially with it this is year. incredible kudos to new japan and to, indeed the japanese government for for uh, having such a a good mindset and plan good on for you for having done. effective disease control good exactly. good on good on you guys for actually having a plan <laughs> um so that can't go understated but uh it'll be interesting to see if if that is the case in the scenario that happens what they will do to decide a number one contender all i'm saying right now i don't want to be a wheel osprey moving on <laughs> yeah there you go you said it, I said there it. it is. my <laughs> only other comment was just gonna be and then okada appears and then wins <laughs> I mean, honestly, I won't mind that because I love Okada, but I don't care. But even I get annoyed sometimes <laughs> by Okada winning all the time. <laughs> Lol, Okada wins. <laughs> how could how could you say that about our Lord and Savior Okada? <laughs> Wait, hang on. There's money falling from the sky. Oh, I love yeah, there's money falling from the sky. <laughs> um, with that, we're done with the news. Dun, awesome. Done, 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 done. All right. Okay, before we get on. For, with the Royal Rumble, I need to go to Recommendation Corner, and not me doing it, but Dan, I'd like you to announce our Recommendation Corner for this week, and indeed, another little exciting news for us. Yes. Uh, this week's recommendation from Recommendation Corner goes to the lovely people over at Super Kicks Apparel. Uh, if you don't know who Super Kicks Apparel are, Super Kicks Apparel are a relatively new UK-based um, clothing company that have a wrestling theme, and they've lovingly uh, given creators the chance to be affiliates with them. Uh, and we've been fortunate enough to get a place with them. And so we now have our own lovely affiliate code, which is code CHINWAG. If you use that at checkout, you get free shipping on all your deliveries. So Remember, that is CHINWAG, C-H-I-N-W-A-G, <laughs> for free shipping on checkout. Real, real talk. Real talk. It is astounding to me that we have a code. <laughs> oh yeah, I know. It's it's wow. crazy. It's crazy. You know when you've made it when you start getting things like this. So yeah, man, honestly, that is honestly thanks. Thank you so much, Superkicks. Um, I know you've very very new company just started out, but uh, like seriously to. To have us on board with this sort of thing is uh, it's awesome and I, I personally cannot thank you guys enough for that absolutely so happy at this <laughs> and with that let us get on with this episode all about the royal rumble i feel like we need to start this one out with an immediate pokedex on what the royal rumble is so reardon would you like to do our pokedex entry on the royal rumble oh i'm so glad you asked <laughs> <laughs> the Royal Rumble is a, is relatively simple. The basic Royal Rumble is it is an over the top, which is very very important. The only way to win is to get your opponent over the over the top of the ropes where both feet must touch the ground. If they touch the ground, they are eliminated and wrestlers would come in through a about like two minutes is it meant to be two minutes it I feels very so. random two minutes in kayfabe yeah two <laughs> minutes in kayfabe time <laughs> where wrestlers start wrestlers enter the royal rumble there is you start with two men and they keep coming in every two minutes and can only be eliminated if they go over the top rope 
Ah, <laughs> uh, so that is the Royal Rumble in a nutshell, or in a Pokedex entry, I should say. Thank you very much for that, Reardon. Thank you, thank you. <laughs> so, on this episode, we're going to basically talk about the history, the meager beginnings of it, uh, some of our favourite Rumbles, some of our favourite Rumble moments, and some of our favourite Rumble... I say favourite Rumble a lot, competitors <laughs> as well. <laughs> so let us take a trip back to 1988. There's a creative meeting between Vince McMahon and one of his most trusted people, Pat Patterson. After coming up with some initial ideas of what to do next, if there's uh, just any sort of ideas of new match concepts, new storylines, Pat Patterson goes out for a cigarette break during this meeting because they've come up with absolutely nothing. And immediately as he's having that break, starts in his head thinking of a, of a, of a, of a glorified battle royal that rather than having all of the competitors in at the same time and having pinfalls, how about we how about we have them come in at timed intervals? And then rather than pinning them or submitting them, how about we throw the stipulation being throwing them over the top rope and having both feet land on the mat? Boom, he, he immediately like the light bulb goes off in his head. Great, that's a, a, such a new take on the battle royale. He runs back into the meeting, tells Vince all about it, and in typical Vince fashion goes Ah, oh, sucks. <laughs> oh man, that is an absolutely horrible idea. <laughs> but uh, sure enough, Pat Patterson, funnily enough, gets the green light to go ahead with it. Now, a lot of people would be under the natural impression that the first official Royal Rumble took place in January of 1988. But as of course, with all of these new concepts, that isn't necessarily the case. As a matter of fact, the first, I guess you would go quote unquote official. Royal Rumble took place on the house show circuit. Now, as most people know, um, if 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 you've you know looked back on our uh, match uh, previous episodes, talking about the ladder match between uh, Shawn Michaels and Razor Ramon on the Intercontinental Title episode, we know that that concept of that match, still fairly new, took place in the house show circuit. So they could build up kind of what they could do, spots, how they would go about the stipulation of the ladder match, and so, and so. The Royal Rumble, there was a one one time it took place uh, in a house show. I think it might have been, it might have been Minnesota. I can't be 100% correct on that. I've heard Minnesota, but I, I'm not entirely sure on that one. But uh, it was a 12-man, believe it or not, 12-man uh, Royal wow. Rumble uh, taking place with all the people that competed on that card. Uh David Boy Smith, Billy Jack Haynes, One Man Gang, etc., etc. Unfortunately, they had done this for the house show, but unfortunately, Pat Patterson wasn't there to actually conceptualize and book the idea to the creative team and the bookers. So, unfortunately, um, it was done by someone who had zero idea what was happening and then just booked it like a, ba- uh, a basic battle royal. And when the and when the timed intervals happened, it ended up being a case of whenever someone would get thrown over, immediately someone would come out, according to reports. And so this one, uh, this one was the actual first event where if the winner won, they would get a title shot for the WWF Championship. Uh, unfortunately, uh, the crowd had it spoiled right at the beginning of the house show when it was announced that the one-man gang would take on Hulk Hogan for the WWF Championship. Oh, goodness. (laughs) 
Wow. This event... Royal Rumble Chaos Edition. Believe it or not, this event was so uneventful that most of the participants have zero memory of this ever happening. <laughs> wow. That is impressive. That is that is amazing. You love impressive. to see it. Of course, being so messed up and such a terrible uh, uh, trial run, Vince just, nah, he, he's having none of it. Doesn't want to hear about it ever again. And it's like, that, well, we know that doesn't work. We're never going to use it. It took NBC executive Dick Ebersol in a creative meeting with Vince McMahon uh, talking child, about their next... You're such a child. <laughs> Dang it, Dad. I'm sorry. <laughs> Is it because I just said Dick so passionately? <laughs> no, it was, the, it was the full name, to be honest. Dick Ebersol. <laughs> yes. Yes. But uh, he was the mastermind behind Saturday Night's main event, funnily enough. Uh, being broadcast on NBC and being at that time one of NBC's highest rated shows. Believe that. Um, wow. And so they wanted to. Uh, Dick was just uh, tr- trying to get a big show that wasn't Saturday Night's main event on the USA Network. Um, and then because they were just kind of spitballing ideas, Vince suddenly realizes. Because Pat's in the same room. He goes, oh, Pat, why don't you tell him that idea, that silly idea you had that we tried once? Uh, and then Pat conceptualizes and then just throws the idea at um, Ebersol. And rather than uh, the reaction that Vince had, Ebersol absolutely loves the idea and knows exactly what Pat's thinking about. Because uh, I think to take a quote from Dick Ebersol, he said, it's like having a predetermined run-in every two minutes. So yep, yep. it's having that excitement of you never know what's going to happen or who's going to come out next, as well as the excitement of who's going to last the longest and who's going to win the match uh, as a whole. So it's like, great, you've got your TV special right there, and we're going to call it the Royal Rumble. Fun fact, the actual trial run at the house show was called the Royal Ramble because someone misheard Pat Patterson say Rumble and thought he said Ramble. This wow! It's amazing how much this thing had such weird ass beginnings. Are you sure this it? thing isn't actually cursed? Yeah, are we sure that this actually happened? That they actually got this off the ground? Trust me, it did happen. So on on January the twenty fourth of nineteen eighty eight, emanating from Hamilton, Ontario, Canada, at the Cops Coliseum, we had our first ever Royal Rumble, which was a TV special, not a pay per view. So, I mean, this shows you, right, how how weird this this one was. So, rather than having 12 competitors, this was jumped up to 20, and it was not the main event. Would you like to know what the main event of the very first Royal Rumble was? (laughs) What was Um, it? I know, I can't remember, I can't remember what the actual participants are but i do know what the stipulation was yes um the uh the stipulation was a two out of three falls match <laughs> yes it was the <laughs> islanders, i do remember that the islanders haku and tubba versus the young stallions paul roma and jim powers wow wow <laughs> that's a decision that um, is a certainly a decision 
I mean, having Haku in the main event is like, well, well, mind you, he probably beat up several people before he asked to be put in the main event. And I, you know what? That wouldn't surprise me if that was the case. That's probably why it was the main event. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. But in this, the very first Royal Rumble, uh, I, I assume that you two actually know who won the very first Royal Rumble. Five points I do. in trivia if you know who won. All right. So I do know this. I'll go with Reardon first if you know it, Dan. Who won the very first Royal Rumble, Reardon? I actually don't know. Ooh. Dan, would you like to tell him? It was uh, Jim Duggan. Yes. Hacksaw. Oh, yeah, Jim it was Duggan. Hacksaw. I did know that at one point in time. <laughs> yeah, very first winner was entry number 13 in that Rumble. And uh, didn't have, didn't last very long uh, after that, pretty much. As soon as most people came in, they were eliminated. Boom. Jim Duggan wins. Gets no prize at the end of that, by the way. Yep. He doesn't get any shot for the WWF title at all. Amazing. <laughs> okay, and so th- thus starts the Royal Rumble. And in 89, the, uh, the the number of entrants jumps up to 30. And as what we know as the kind of basic, basic Royal Rumble that we all know and love, um, flourished from there. Uh, Big John Studd won that next year. Then Hulk Hogan yep. would win it a couple of times. And yeah. And then sooner sooner or later, we'd end up having the, the, the match for the WWE title at WrestleMania. Of course, shortly then, Ric Flair would go on to win the Royal Rumble from number three and then be crowned the, the WWE yeah, champion. Yeah, I was just saying, because I remember there was the one where they had the Rumble match to decide who was the champion, mm. um, which was an interesting idea. <laughs> it was a very, very interesting idea for sure. Uh, and so, yeah, before we get on to our favourites of Rumble history... Would you like some little stats and statistics? Uh, this yeah, is going to be very it. fun. This is going to be very fun, I can tell. Okay, so thank you to smartoutmoment.com for all of these stats and records about the Royal Rumble. So, number 27 is considered the luckiest number with the most Royal Rumble yep. winners at four. Mm. But number 24, 28, and 30 are close with three apiece. Now, do you know... Who is the only person to win the Royal Rumble twice at the same spot? I want to say Stone Cold Steve Austin, but I might be wrong there. Mm. Uh, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go for Batista. You are correct, Dan. Batista is the only person to win the Rumble from the same spot twice at number twenty-eight. Of course, he did that mm-hmm. in 20, uh, yeah, 2005 and twenty fourteen. Yeah, was it 2014? Yeah, he should have never... Yeah. Yeah. That, it was that 2014 Royal Rumble, which never should have happened. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> 2007 and 2008 are the only times the same number has won in succession, which was number 30. Ooh. When in Justin oh, wow. for Inflation, Hacksaw Jim Duggan's number 13 win out of 20 wrestlers instead of 30 becomes equivalent of a number 19.5 by today's standards. <laughs> <laughs> someone what? runs in between 19 and 20 <laughs> and now when adjusted for deflation Alberto Del Rio's number 38 win out of 40 wrestlers translates to number 28.5 by normal standards and if you wanted to know about the greatest Royal number, uh, Royal Rumble when adjusted for deflation Braun Strowman's 41 translates to 24.6 <laughs> <laughs> 
Can so, we get the can we get the irrational Royal Rumble where people just appear at random yes. points in time? It's like oh, an entrant number twenty seven point nine eight. Oh, it's got it. It's the Terminator. Da, 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 da. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so when you factor in all current Rumble winners, the average winning entry number would be number nineteen point nine eight nine, or if you want to round it up, number twenty. So, statistics have shown that the entries number 1 to 10 have produced 8 winners, number 11 to 27, and number 21 to 30, 23. That's if you count well. number 38 and 41 from the bloated Royal Rumbles that I'll call them. Yeah. Um, the bonus Rumbles. Would you like to know um the total eliminations of uh most people throughout the history of royal rumble and what uh what the current list from top to bottom stands at yeah because i know that like the it, the list is actually kind of weird at a certain point okay so the total most total elimination or most eliminations in total kane stands at 42 or 43 it depends on i think there might have been it might be due to um the uh the big bloated uh royal rumbles but for definite i will say 44 for for you know convenience sake undertaker yeah. is second at num at 40 sean michael stands there a joint second at 40 steve austin is uh fourth with uh 36 big show with 32 roman reigns joins him at 32 as well as Triple H, funnily enough. <laughs> Braun mm. Strowman is 30 eliminations. Hulk Hogan is 27, along with Randy Orton at 27. John Cena has 25. Brock Lesnar has 24. And Edge has 20. Now, the WWE doesn't recognise Kane's one elimination from the 96 Royal Rumble. And this is the reason why I've just seen this. It's because he was under his Isaac Yankum character. Uh... <laughs> But, you know, I'm actually kind of surprised that Brock Lesnar is so low. Yeah, especially considering this year's Royal Rumble. I think the number went up dramatically yeah. because yeah. of uh, the 2020 Royal Rumble. Doesn't he have the, like, does he have the, he might not have the overall, but I think he has the most now in any Royal Rumble. Ah, I'll get to that in a second, Reardon. Ah. So for women's most eliminations in total, Charlotte Flair stands top at nine. Bianca, oh, Belair, Flair. Bianca Belair and Shayna Baszler joint second with eight. Nia Jax has seven. Alexa Bliss has five. Michelle McCall also has five. And so does Natalia and Ruby Riot. We get to most eliminations oh, wow. in a single match. Braun Strowman and Brock Lesnar share the top spot with 13 eliminations. Roman Fucking Reigns hell. has 12. And Kane had, of course, for the longest time since the 2001 Royal Rumble, had that record at 11. Yeah, I was going to say, mm, I thought, right. I, I, I figured someone had probably broken it, but I just remember Kane having 11, that being like the record for like however many years. For a while. Now. For a long while. Would you like to know the fewest eliminations, uh, the wrestlers with the fewest eliminations to actually win the Royal Rumble? Oh, that's a very interesting one, yeah. All right, the two wrestlers that have the fewest eliminations that win the Royal Rumble is a joint is joint at one, Vince McMahon in 1999, uh, Frank oh, okay, Steve yeah. Austin over the top rope, <laughs> and Randy Orton. Uh, I believe. Oh, that, wow. I believe, wow. if memory might serve me correct, 
please do correct me if I'm wrong in the comments. I think that might be either a very recent Rumble, or it could have been the one in 2006 where he eliminated... No, 2007 when he eliminated... No, I can't remember. No, I think uh, it genuinely might be a more recent Royal Rumble. That would have to that have to be one where he was like the last competitor in, right? Yeah, yeah. I think it, so. That would have to be two thousand seven. Because two thousand was it going to be either uh, Rey Mysterio? Correct me. I was going to say, are you sure it's not two thousand nine? Um, it might be two thousand nine. Yeah, because that was the one that he won. I, I know he won that one. Ah, <laughs> uh, would you like to know? As well, before we get off, before, I mean, I could go on for stats for the longest time if you guys want me to go on for stats. Cause... Dude, I, I love these like stupid stats because I know I have, I know I have my one. Would you like to know uh, the total longest cumulative? Cumulative. Cumulative. We'll get there at a sec because my tongue is just—I bit my tongue the other day and like, yeah, my words just. Oh, dude, out. I did the same, and it is like the worst. <laughs> so, would you like to know the cumulative uh, uh, time, total time for the longest Royal Rumble? Uh, I would have. So the top. 10, I'd have to guess. I'd have to say Cena. I'd have to say Cena. Surely. It stands with Chris Jericho at. Four hours, okay, yeah. 59 minutes, and 33 seconds. Fucking hell, Chris. Uh, Rey Mysterio is second with four hours, one minute, and 54. Yeah, Jericho's got a massive gap between first and second there. Yeah, there's a big gap. <laughs> uh, mm. Triple H third with four hours and 50 seconds. The low, uh, number 20 is The Rock at one hour, 58 minutes, and two seconds. I'm just mm. thinking about that. He's only wait one hour fifty eight seconds. One yeah. hour, what one hour fifty eight minutes? No, fifty eight minutes, two seconds. Yeah, two seconds. That's oh. actually kind of ridiculous. I've under two hours in Royal Rumbles. Yeah, and considering yeah. that man has won won the two thousand Royal Rumble as well, um, says a lot. Because <clears throat> uh, most, I I would chalk that up to the fact that The Rock, whenever he would be in Rumbles, was usually at the tail end of the Rumble. Yeah. That yeah. that's uh, that because you because it's like save the best till last to get all everyone hyped up. Exactly. You exactly. get the pop. Yeah. You'll be pleased to know, Reardon, uh, that Kofi is in this list as well. Uh, he oh, sits yeah. right nicely in the middle with two hours, thirty-three minutes, and three seconds. Most of those time, he's just doing handstands and crazy spots. Uh, Makes sense. <laughs> that's what we love. For the women, Natalia, uh, for total rumble time is at one hour, thirty-six minutes, and eighteen seconds. Yeah, I believe that. Charlotte yeah. Flair is second with one hour sixteen. Ember Moon is third with fifty-eight minutes. Now, hell yeah! Do nice. you like to know who is the Iron Man of, of oh, the yeah. Royal Rumble? The to of 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 a single Royal Rumble. Who is the longest? Um, guy? The longest guy in that ring. If I had to guess, if I had to guess, Big Show. If I had to guess, I'd probably say. Um, I probably say. Uh, I'm gonna. Uh, I don't know if they, they've probably done something to replace it because he probably had it. But I'm gonna say Benoit. It isn't Benoit. Um, there are two entries in this because we've got to take into account of the bloated rumbles. Daniel Bryan currently stands at one hour sixteen minutes in the greatest Royal Rumble. Ah, um, uh, yeah. But of uh, yeah. course, Rey Mysterio in 2006, oh, when he yeah. did his epic Rey Mysterio. Rumble, uh, was yeah, yeah. one hour, two minutes, and 12 seconds he he, he, he had in there. And of how course. How long was. I was going to say, how long was Benoit? 
Benoit was one hour, I think it was one hour on the dot, actually. Oh, wow. Uh, so what you will about Benoit, he was always efficient. <laughs> okay, uh, Natalia, of course, is the longest Iron Woman at 56 yep. minutes, one second. The shortest that. time in the Royal Rumble for a man and woman. I know, oh, I, I know, know, I know the men's one. This is one of my favorite stats yeah. ever. Oh, Santino yeah. Marella in one point nine seconds into yes. <laughs> in one of the greatest spots I have ever seen in Rumble history. I wasn't I would, ready. I would like to say my my other unofficial one, which is uh, Sheamus. Sheamus is one with against Heath Slater when he drop kicked him out of the ring was amazing. Yeah, <laughs> just like. <laughs> Uh, There's something about it. It's so much, so much fun. <laughs> so the shortest women's rumble time was Liv Morgan in eight seconds in last year's rumble. Oh wow. Uh, okay, and most appearances. And we'll end it with most appearances. Um, who do you think stands? Uh, yeah, let's. Who's, who do you say would say stand in the f- top three if you had oh. to guess? All right. Well, definitely Kane. I would. Yeah, definitely Kane. Definitely Triple H. Yeah, Triple H has probably been in tons of them. Yeah, I'd say Triple H probably. Not The Undertaker, because I actually don't... I've never really seen The Undertaker as a major um, Royal Rumble staple, if I'm thinking my brain correctly. Mm. Um, If I had to guess, I'd probably go Kane. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'd go Kane, Triple H, or Big Show, one of those three. Okay. I'm gonna go. Okay, I'm gonna go. Kane, Shawn Michaels, and then I'll go for the Undertaker. Okie doke. You're gonna be surprised at this. Mm. So at first, we have Kane with 19. Yeah. This is if you count uh, say. Isaac Yankum <laughs> and Fake Diesel as well. If you take those, into he account, ended a Royal Rumble as Fake Diesel. He did alongside Fake Razor. As well, <laughs> I thought Fake Diesel only appeared on like one show and then just got killed the same night. Funnily enough, they appeared actually for a number of months, uh, not only in WWF but in Jerry Lawler's promotion USWA. They were really kind of really, you know, selling on the fact that JR was turning heel and brought in Razor Ramon and Diesel again. Uh, but I'm sorry, back the fuck up. JR turned heel. JR turned heel. Yeah, that was that was a thing that happened. That definitely was a thing that happened. When did happened 96 97 i implore you to go and have a look at that really because it is just oh man i got i gotta look that up (laughs) um joint second with 13 believe this or not gold dust okay yeah yeah and kofi kingston gold ziggler and kofi kingston have been in 13 royal rumbles yeah i can believe gold dust because gold dust has been there for bloody ages yeah, but Ziggler yeah. and Kingston, yeah. I mean, consistently... I wouldn't have thought that Ziggler and Kingston would have been there that many times. Yeah, mm. when you think about it, they have been staples of that Rumble match. Even if you don't, like, remember yeah. them, you and then you realise, oh, wait. They've obviously been there. They've consistently Co- been in Rumbles. Because Kofi's, Kofi's <laughs> been in the Rumble since ECW was added. Yeah. Which was in 2008. Uh yeah, two thousand yeah, 2006 when, he, uh, when ECW started. Uh, it was 2008 yeah. when he debuted, yeah. <clears throat> and I guess I wouldn't have thought of Ziggler being of that same time period, but I guess he was actually. Yeah, yeah. Mm. So next we have Shawn Michaels, Big Show, and Randy Orton on twelve. Nice. Yeah. Taker, Jericho, Mysterio, and Shelton Benjamin at eleven. Okay. 
Uh, and Rikishi and Mark Henry at 10. Damn. And thus concludes the Royal Rumble in numbers. <laughs> <laughs> so, gentlemen, what was your first ever Royal Rumble? Um, I will have to go just quickly stroll and then just have a think. Mm. If I had to guess. Real talk. I feel like I've been watching the Royal Rumble forever. <laughs> like of all the of all the kind of stuff, that's one where I'm like, I don't remember. There's been so goddamn many. <laughs> I can <laughs> I can vividly remember my first rumble. Um, whilst I let have Dan scroll and look for his one, I'm my... just I'm just having a think because I've got to get the I've got to get the right one. <laughs> I. Uh, first saw my first Rumble, which was Royal Rumble 2000 from Madison Square Garden. Now, a fun fact about this Rumble, this was the first and only pay-per-view that was broadcast on Channel 4. And I'll get into a reason as to why that was the the one and only pay-per-view that was broadcast on Channel 4. This was a really stacked Rumble. Not just because of the the 30-man of the 30-man main event uh, Royal Rumble match, but because this was the same night you had Cactus Jack versus Triple H in a hardcore match, which was amazing. Oh, God. That was yeah. ridiculous. This also had the debut of Taz uh, uh, putting Kurt Angle to sleep in the opener. The opener was Taz versus <laughs> Kurt Angle. Um, you had a you had that triple threat match between Jericho, China, and Hardcore Holly for the Intercontinental title. That match was so good. And the yeah. reason why... Channel 4 never broadcasted any more was because there was a bikini contest with all the divas and Mae Young made her appearance and stripped oh, naked. Oh, yes. Ah, uh, yes. Uh, that's the that reason moment. why Channel 4 didn't broadcast anymore. God bless you, Mae Young. Oh, thank you, Mae Young, for just, you know, just being you. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, no... Um, there were some amazing moments in the Rumble match itself. I remember when Scotty Too Hotty, Grandmaster Sexay and Rikishi as Too Cool were all in the ring and it was just yep. those three and they started doing the dance, uh, the dance number. They Hell the yeah. And then Rikishi eliminated both of them. <laughs> Thank you, Rikishi. You had Bob, Bob Backlund making his return after a few years oh, of being Oh, God, yeah. Too much to um, uh, JR's shock and horror. It's like, what the hell is Bob Backlund doing here? <laughs> um, I what I really liked about this Rumble as well was the the set because they used the um, they used the short entrance way that the garden has, um, yeah, which is a really iconic look. Um, mm. and it just looked like a dingy, a very dark and dingy like uh, alleyway where they would come out of. Um, they made it look really good, that set design. Oh, how could I forget as well the amazing um, tag team match uh, of um, the Dudleys versus uh, the Hardys when, of course, Matt oh, Jeff did that yeah. table spot off of the, uh, off of the um, stands of MSG. Yeah. Uh, yeah, honestly, great Royal Rumble and... Yeah, it's so iconic for me to watch that because my eldest brother also had recorded it onto a VHS tape and I would constantly watch that over and over again. <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> Great Royal Rumble match. Dan, what was your first Royal Rumble? Uh, so my first Royal Rumble was actually Royal Rumble 2003. Ooh. Oh, the Brock Lesnar, the one with Brock Lesnar bomb. That's uh, I... 
yes, yes, it was. It was. Um, great Royal Rumble. And, I mean, it was really, really good. They had some interesting matches on it. <laughs> I can say that much. Um, but it did have um, some matches I really did like, which was the uh, Brock Lesnar versus The Big Show. Ah, yes, because uh, Brock had to go up against him. Cause yeah, Heyman he had to have a match show, to get wasn't into, he? Yeah. he was, to get entrance into the Royal Rumble match. Do you remember that? Um, I do also very vividly remember uh, the Dudley Boys versus Lance Storm and William Regal. Ah, the Un-Americans, yes. Which was uh, <laughs> interesting. Uh, it had the god-awful Scott Steiner match <laughs> with Triple H. <laughs> oh, God, yeah, we've talked about that. <laughs> we've talked about that on the previous Yeah, so watch our Triple H episode for that one. Watch, <laughs> listen. I should know the product. Um, <laughs> but yeah, you it, will never know the product. <laughs> yeah, that's one. That's one have match. It did have the amazing Kurt Angle versus Benoit submission match. Though. That was yeah, that was a great match, uh, which was just like incredible. My goodness, I'm just uh, looking at the listing of the entrants here. My goodness, we've got a whole, we've got a who's who of names here. Christopher <laughs> Nowinski at number three. Bill DeMott at number nine. B squared, which was Bull Buchanan, but he had a rap gimmick and was John Cena's lackey at number 11. Can confirm that it was the case. Oh, <laughs> uh, Maven at number 26. But you know what? I'll get Maven. back to Maven because he had an amazing moment that I like to talk about um, when we get there. Is it the time when he got clattered over the head with a chair by The Undertaker? <laughs> yes, we'll get. To, we'll, we'll definitely get to that one for sure. Yeah, um, I mean... Jamal, I, I don't. I, I'm not Jamal going to try well. and. Uh, <laughs> I'm not going to try and insist that this is the exact moment it happened, but uh, I believe this may have been my formal introduction to Tajiri. Oh, mm. yes. Um, I, I also, I also very, very vividly remember Test clearing house. Yes. Yes. Mm. Uh, right. Say what you will. Right about you know big hoss wrestlers but there is one thing that we all know is that tess had one of the best damn big boots a big guy ever had oh my oh, god oh yeah no he had like he had one of the best big boots i've ever seen yep okay so i've looked it up and i've narrowed it down actually as i believe that my that i actually yeah this would track i actually watched two on the two back to back mm. both years uh mine was 2001 and 2002 oh what a, what great um oh damn what great yeah. to watch because oh. i'm actually because i'm looking up like the posters and i'm like no no it's those ones because i remember those posters i do remember the uh the royal rumble 2001 poster yes that, yeah. i do like that so meaning that like in the in the back of my mind I I I got to watch Drew Carey go into the Royal Rumble match. Hell yeah, you did. <laughs> I... This was of course the main uh, the Royal Rumble as well that saw Kane do his massive run of eliminations. Yeah. Um, we also saw uh, the Honky Tonk Man get absolutely twatted with a guitar and then thrown over the road oh by Kane. I, i'm sorry i'm just looking at rumble 2002 and i saw a match that i completely forgot by i i do i do recall happening we also saw oh. our truth as k quick in this rumble as well yeah um mm. as we mostly went over to royal rumble 2002 which by the way again this one is a really really underrated rumble in my opinion not a lot of people talk about this rumble uh as well as the match uh, as well, but I'll get to the match again in a moment. But yes, 
do you remember in this rumble we had uh, Ric Flair and Vince McMahon for the controlling stake of was it the controlling stake of WWF or it might have been the it was something like that. Mm. But uh, yeah, Ric Flair defeated Mr. McMahon by submission in a street fight, and then we had Jericho as undisputed champion uh, defeating The Rock. Dude, but can we talk about Spike Dudley and Taz versus the Dudley Boys? <laughs> this was a hell of a match. Like, My God. I, I I I remember this. I remember this happening. <laughs> this was a match. Because it was stand... such... I remember it initially happening and getting so confused. Yeah. <laughs> it's, 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 it's a heck of a match. Like It I mean... is just like... Boom, 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 boom. I mean, yeah, everything's get, happening like two billion seconds. When you yeah. get four guys that made that that the, broke their teeth in ECW, you're going to get this, really, aren't you? <laughs> you know what? I, for a second, it's, I thought you meant literally the... broke their teeth, and I was like, yeah, that tracks. To be fair, that's accurate. Um, <laughs> no, it, it reminds me of the it reminds me of the horrible spot where um, uh spike goes to do well they i think at the time it was called the dudley dog but yes. i always yeah. call it the acid drop because it's the acid drop like <laughs> that's what it's called on, um little spike dudley um but um i remember it had the it had the spot where he was gonna go and do it and then like devon just like fucking throws him out of the ring and he just lands on the floor and it's yeah. horrible he horrible lands like ass. straight on his ass <laughs> it's not good yeah, <laughs> It ain't great at all. I think the camera angle was perfect as well because you just see Spike disappear. Yeah. <laughs> he just goes out of frame and then you just see him on the floor and I'm just like, oh. Oh, <laughs> no. <laughs> okay, so let's talk about then some of our favourite uh, rumbles and favourite rumble moments. Okay. Uh, okay. I'm glad you brought up 2002 because I want to start off with, of course, the one of my favourite spots purely on crowd reaction alone is was when Maven, who had just won Tough Enough, can you remember Tough Enough? Yes, I can. <laughs> um, goes in and sees that the Undertaker is the sole kind of like person in the ring. He has just eliminated the Hardys. Now, if you remember, Taker and the Hardys were in a bit of a bitter rivalry at this time. Yeah. And Maven is very nervous about getting in the ring, but slowly and surely he makes his way into the ring. Da, 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 da. But not before the Hardys get one up uh, and attack Taker uh, and hit him and try and twat him with a chair here and there. But Taker clears house and then gets them out of the ring. And then they, and he's just trash talking them whilst he's against the ropes. Maven, out of nowhere, drop kicks him right in the back and eliminates the Undertaker to an enormous pop. Like a huge pop. But I think the thing that makes me laugh about it is then when Maven, great character work from Maven as well, is when he realises what he's done and then goes, oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> I will I... now simply die. Yay, <laughs> I eliminated The Undertaker. Oh, God, I eliminated The Undertaker. I'm going to die, respectfully. And thus begins five or six minutes of Maven being eliminated and then being twatted with a chair and then thrown into <laughs> a hot dog stand. Uh, in it the is, arena. can I just say, it is one of the dirtiest chair shots I've ever seen. <laughs> Good lord, that man. I mean, if you if you earn your contract, bloody hell, you're going to take a licking from the Undertaker. Like, mm-hmm. I've got a load bunch more, but I'll let you guys riff off on kind of like some of your favourite humble moments. Okay, so my the one that pops to mind first is of course the Hurricane. <laughs> yes, 
The hurricane. Oh, I can't. Yes, I get to do a Pokedex on the hurricane. I don't know if I've done it. And if I have done it, I'm doing it again. Do because it, please. I will happily let you do this. The hurricane is the greatest jobber in WWE history. Great cruiserweight champion as well. Yeah, he was. <laughs> Come on, he wasn't a jobber. He was a great. He's. He was amazing. He <laughs> is the best because i am a superhero guy i was always going to love this dude who whose gimmick was that he was a superhero called the hurricane and this was a and this was during the attitude era where everyone's like superheroes are stupid and he made it work oh god did he make it work you know the best part about it was though reardon the best part about the hurricane is when he was doing backstage promos he had an alter ego he did, didn't he? Yeah. He had a journalist oh alter ego. It's just I, I love the hurricane so much because it just it was just someone who had committed to the idea. Like you, he it was so much character work that I loved it. And you know and you know that he knew his shit and loved his shit. Oh, oh yeah, God. no, but by all means, for anyone that's listening to this, if you are a wrestling fan, I highly recommend follow shane helms on twitter he's amazing he's he is great shout he, out to shane helms you are the best Shane helms is like incredible um <laughs> and, and I, would so, just, I would just like to say this a on record the hurricane has beaten the rock in a match <laughs> yeah. uh, second of all um in the royal rumble 2002 it took both stone cold steve austin and triple h to eliminate the hurricane yes However, that is to go to my best thing where we where we have the hurricane grab Triple H and Stone Cold Steve Austin for a choke slam, both a double choke slam. And the best part is they sell it like fucking Kane has them. Yeah. <laughs> and they are scared out of their minds. And then they take a moment look at each other and, rem and remember it's the fucking hurricane and then eliminate him. <laughs> and it is just an absolute goddamn delight. It's so great. <laughs> oh, man. What do I have to do to get, like, a revitalized hurricane in today's product? I have been... Real talk, Dan, I have been waiting... I have been waiting for so long for the hurricane to come back. Like, can we get like one of the lucha guys to just like revive uh, like, the hurricane? On, like, uh, yeah, like honestly, honestly, you know what I've been waiting for? I have been waiting for um for for um Helms to come back and I wish. and bequeath the hurricane to Ricochet, who plays it straight. Oh. Oh, you know what? Have, I'm kind of all for that, you know. I have been waiting for Ricochet to become the second Hurricane, but actually be like a legitimate, like, because like, because the Hurricane became like a jobber to the stars kind of thing. Mm. Like, but I've been waiting for like Ricochet to actually know be a contender as the Hurricane yeah. for so fucking long. Oh. oh. I want to see that now. I really want to see it. Dag, go quickly on your favourite Rumble moments before I yeah. get everything about this right. for too long. So, obviously, I have to give a mention to Titus World Slide. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. my god! I don't care, right? 
there there are endless amounts of things that we can say about Titus O'Neil. He's an unsafe worker. He kisses his son on the lips. He falls over all the time, right? Like <laughs> we can go, we can go. For, uh, he gets suspended for jo- uh, jostling with Vince, but you know. <laughs> yeah, right. We can go. We can go through plenty of things, but like, if there's one thing that man is good at, it's falling over at the perfect time. Yes. And like. For the, okay, for for those who don't know what Titus World Slide is referring to, uh, it's the greatest Royal Rumble in Saudi Arabia. Titus O'Neil is announced as part of the greatest Royal Rumble, and he's running down to the ring like everyone is. You know, they want to get in there as fast as possible. And as he's running down there, he trips over and slides underneath the ring. Now, underneath <laughs> the ring is not a clear space. There's like cabling and like pipes everywhere. Mm. This dude slide perfectly underneath misses everything everyone's like man is he okay he gets out he's fine he just gets like, like i'm pretty sure he gets instantly eliminated <laughs> no he, he i think he gets audibly and visibly pissed and starts just wailing on someone <laughs> yeah but it is one of the greatest moments ever just because you could not have planned it no and There's it's like no when i when i when he says the when we say the world slide if you haven't seen it we mean like a perfect penguin slide disappears oh yeah he fully goes on his chest like for a solid like <laughs> yeah. 10 yards yeah i think it is really, it is quite amazing what really adds to it is Corey graves's commentary uh <laughs> as he's hyping up titus o'neill saying he's had meetings and dinners with uh, wealthy Saudi princes and influential people, and he goes, and he just slipped. <laughs> he just slid under the ring, and he so, can't contain his laughter, and he's pissing himself laughing. Yeah, it's definitely got to be Titus World Slide. Has got to definitely be up there. With, That's fair. With funny moments, I'm gonna have to bring it back, and I know we've mentioned it on a previous episode as well, to the Royal Rumble 2005, and indeed the ending of Royal Rumble 2005, where Batista and See, this was gonna be my other one. <laughs> perfectly and harmoniously hit the ring, or hit the uh, the mat at the exact same time, and of course, the very infamous moment of Vince McMahon looking very pissed, throwing his jacket down, sliding in the ring and tearing both quads. Uh, <laughs> and proceeds like a, like a, like a, like a spoiled brat of a child, so shouting at people, sitting down. No, no I you know everyone in that arena has no idea what the hell is going on. No, I think, like, that is so great it's such a bad it's like it's such a great botch and i just but because it's like no one knows what's going on but they play it so damn well oh yeah no they play it you, straight the entire time that you like like and credit to the referees honestly yeah. oh yeah hell yeah because they play it so perfectly that it just looks like it's a fully planned thing <laughs> it, oh it's crazy you know what the best part and i this is the only time i'll ever give credit to kevin dunn and the camera crew is that they actually do get a zoom in and a great shot of the moment vince realizes oh fuck what have i done (laughs) 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 as he's sat there just going oh fuck ah shit (laughs) this day just keeps getting better (laughs) oh man um other moments i mean let us talk i mean let's talk i guess for a little bit about kofi's amazing moments because that man moment after moment after moment after moment uh i'm not going to consider this an official pokedex but i'm going to do it as a reference thing uh kofi kingston's royal rumble exploits 
a man who is very good and very in control of his body doing everything he can to violate and get exploit the the important rule both feet must touch the floor now here's the thing throughout the history of the rumble there have been guys that have been that have done this well uh, john morrison that one time jumped yeah from john the, morrison's done it from the table to the ring apron naomi's done it uh casey yep. catanzaro did that amazing thing where she kind of skinned the cat on the on the uh, ring post and then kind of like handstood scissored the uh, the ring post and then just flipped herself up yeah and yeah skinned, and then just like scurried up the ring post but that Kofi, was such core strength man there's a reason why she's more she was than i'm ever gonna have <laughs> a reason why she was american ninja warrior there and that kind of mm. yeah no but uh no kofi the originator and possibly the greatest of... Oh, he's the perfecter of the art. Oh, a, yeah. A man that can get over stepping on a plate of pancakes <laughs> shows how good he is at doing that. <laughs> just a fucking I, I think, delight. I think this is the thing for wrestling fans. I feel like we've all just gotten so used to Kofi being so good at it that we forget like how ridiculous some of it is. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. My man was doing a handstand walk, like across like one entire side of the ring. One of my and people favorites, are like, "Ha ha, that was funny." One of my favorites is when Big E yeets him over the over the top. Yeah, and stands on his feet. <laughs> my my personal favorite one. Um, I'll try and explain the situation for those that don't know it. Uh, he's he's on the ring apron, and he gets like. I mean, it's like Seamus or someone like kicks him or whatever, or does like a big clothesline. And he go, he jumps from the ring apron to the announcement table, and then just starts shouting at JBL, like "Give me a chair!" and starts pogoing oh, over. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what was one of your favorite Kofi moments, Raiden? I honestly think like it was the um, it was the handstands. Yeah. Because I'm like. I'm like, if he fucks this up, that's gone. He's not going to be able to do anything. Mm. And he just straight up did it. I've always loved the exploits of that. Always have. Oh, yeah. Because, like, it's one of my favorite things of, like, the whole elements of kayfabe is just how yeah. can you mess with the rules of the yeah. royal rumble? And, and I, I've always loved um, I've always loved that real heel move where they go, like, they, they make sure that they go underneath like the lower rope yeah yes to fight someone and then get back that, in because they haven't gone over the top rope yep that is such an underrated spot yeah uh there's a reason why curtis axel was still in the royal rumble uh <laughs> <yep>. <laughs> or uh although all those people yeah. who or, like they get yeah. eliminated they get like beaten up before they enter yeah. yeah, that's always fucking great. I've always loved them. Um, I've it's always like loved them. Um, that I've all, and I've always loved them. Um, rive like little um preview rivalries where they've gone where they where two guys have come in. They fucking hate each other. They fight and they both go over the fucking top rope and they just oh, keep yeah. fighting <laughs> because they don't know. They don't give a shit about the rumble. We're just gonna beat the fuck out of this guy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> For sure. Um, I also quite like it when they have, um, you know, like factions end yes. up like dominating oh, the ring. Because yeah. the one I always remember is, um, oh God, it was when CM Punk was the leader of the new Nexus. Yes, I remember that one vividly. Um, and they had that moment where they were all together. And so they just took it as a moment to like get all the legends into the match. Yes. Mm. 
Yes, indeed. Which indeed. I will say is one of the best pops that Booker T ever got. Oh, absolutely. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's also a great one. That's also a great one where, like, Booker T on commentary gets called up and he's like, oh, well, shit, all right, I better go. <laughs> and then he still fucking had it. Oh, God, he was yeah, still that, great. Like, that, that one Royal Rumble match, it's literally just, like, you hear Booker T's music and he comes down and just has, like, he literally has, like, one... Like maybe not even a minute to like mm. get to, like be really hot in the match, but like the crowd is just living for it. Absolutely, I'm it's glad so you. Good. I'm glad you brought that up because it comes to a nice segue of what are some of your favourite surprise entrants in Rumble history? Oh fuck! You know what? We keep doing it because he keeps popping up, but I have to say Chris Jericho because of specifically Chris Jericho. With the introduction of the light jacket. Yeah. Oh, dude, yeah. I love um, the light jacket. Fuck. I keep saying I want hell. one of them. <laughs> Fucking hell. This, like, just when it comes to, like, his music, and then the lights come down, and everyone's going, like, wait, why is the lights going down? Oh, God, that fucking light jacket was just the most bossest thing in this jacket. I loved, I loved that surprise entrance because I know a lot of people love to speculate of where, of when Jericho's coming back when he takes breaks here and there. But I think that one was mm. just so damn surprising because no one knew that Jericho was coming back. And nope. so when you heard that and saw it, wow! What the? What's um, an ovation? What the... And oh, and that also, and also as a little consequence of that, there was that moment where he stopped. But which, despite me fucking loving the countdown music. There was just that moment where the, he just simply like the, just the lights would come down. He just have the he just have his jacket on, turn around and just be and that was it. Yeah, because he's amazing. Holy shit! <laughs> I'm just trying to think. Well, it was the it wasn't the most recent Royal Rumble. It was the previous one where Edge returned. Uh, 2010. 2010. Yeah. Uh, when he, I think it was a he had an Achilles injury that really took him out for a yeah. very long time. Yeah, that's right. Uh, that was a hell of a reception he got on that one. Um, Dude, that, that return was, was so damn good. I'll, I'll and then, of course, his other one, the most recent yeah, one. Yeah, and, and the most recent one. 2020 Royal Rumble, that is like one of the... I mean, we've talked about it in the Edge retrospective. That which was, a, which was, I will say, it was an absolutely crazy pop. Oh, fucking hell. Man, let us talk... I mean, I'll talk about one of the... Oh, I guess one of the lesser-known ones, or ones that won't get brought up, is Mr. Perfect yep. in 2002. Um, oh. What a... He got a hell of a reception. Um, after being gone from the company for so long, of course, after being in WCW uh, since the late 90s, the pop he got was incredible. And it looks mm. like... He was like one of the last few in that rumble as well. Mm. So... Oh, what that was an ovation and a half. And by the way, he had some. He had apparently he had really great matches with Brock Lesnar uh, when he when he's returned into the WWE. So um, if you any of you want to see that, I think he did a couple of house shows. He may have done a couple of TV tapings as well. I believe because I swore that I've seen a match against him and Brock. Um, but go and watch those. Um, John Cena in two thousand and eight when he had returned from his bicep injury. After a ridiculous yep. amount of time, like what, two months? Yeah, something like that. Like that man. 
it's like fucking Wolverine energy. <laughs> I think I know you know. Say what you will about, and I know a lot of people do say a lot about John Cena, but you can't deny that he got a pop. He got one. Oh, he got a. Oh yeah. And you know what? I think it was it was the his entrance was fucking great because that was one of the um the the times where the ring where like the um the the ramp to the ring was very short. Yeah, that, yeah, yeah. That would have been. I think that was MSG as well. Yeah, yeah I think that MSG. was. Yeah, that was MSG, and he just kind of stands there, cap down, and then once his music pops, head up. I'm like, you gotta hand it to him. You gotta hand it to him. <laughs> Damn him! Damn him for being so goddamn good in recovering. I wanna, mistress. I wanna ask you a, uh, a, se- a separate aside question. Mm-hmm. Who is your favorite random Rumble entrant? Oh, my favorite random one. Just like any random wrestler or person who was featured in a Rumble. Can I be honest? Uh, I'm going to go back to 2000, and it is... I'm, I'm going to have to say it was Bob Backlund because of Jim Ross's reaction. <laughs> <laughs> but maybe even Drew Carey because of the repercussions that had happened, right? So, <laughs> D'Lo Brown was supposed to be in the Rumble. Uh, and this was in Sunday Night Heat, and then Drew Carey just yep. gets thrusted upon the position in the Royal Rumble. And then you see Vince McMahon telling uh, D'Lo Brown, and I think it was... Uh, Mosh and Tiger Ali Singh, who was their manager, yep. he goes, he's been replaced by Drew Carey. And to which Tiger Ali Singh goes, who's Drew Curry? <laughs> well. <laughs> well. <laughs> Random entrant, Dad. Who's one of your faves there? Uh, for my random entrant, I'm going to go to actually Rumble 99. Ooh. Uh, and I mean, there's only one person it can be. Hmm. It's Gilberg. Yeah. <laughs> Big you know, Wayne Gill. You know what? I second <laughs> longer than Santino. <laughs> you know what? I'm gonna go for the weird one. Well, not the weird one because it's half half favorite and half like not 2013. The Godfather. Oh, that was yes. A, yes. That was great because he just came with, down with the host, eliminated, with whole train in tow. <laughs> it was amazing. I was like, "What the? F-? I was so astounded that they actually brought it back." I know. <laughs> Absolute. Like I was like actually jaw dropped. Oh, like, man. the godfather of Did all fucking love, people. You absolutely love to see it. It's just the most ridiculous shit. Also, uh, to wrap this up, then, I want to talk about a few more, actually. I'll talk about uh, the last one uh, in great detail. But two uh, I want to definitely talk about are um, Bubba Ray Dudley coming back after being in TNA for so long, but doing it in Philadelphia as well uh, to get that reaction as well. That was the important bit, honestly. Um, uh, We also have... Uh, the return of um, actually no not the return but the the debut of Keith Lee in this year's Royal Rumble I thought was just, just oh that was so great especially especially Brock Lesnar's um reaction Brock, you know what I, despite me having feelings towards Brock Lesnar 
I got to admit, it was very impressed. I was very um, happy with that little gauntlet that he had. Yes. That was a very good Royal Rumble, especially his reaction of like, where he looked like he just saw like he was fishing and he just saw a big fish. Because <laughs> his reaction to the papers, <laughs> who the fuck is this guy? Yeah, he's just like, he was like, he was like, he like, um, he, it's like, um, who is that? He had that, he had that meme face of looking behind the shoulder. <laughs> yes. <laughs> like, oh, okay. <laughs> oh, it was such a great moment. And I feel like, like, it was like perfect way to, to, to let have a wider audience know who Keith Lee was. Uh, as, oh, yeah, I, I'm glad that the audience knew who he was and was singing along to the theme song as well. Because I was a bit worried mm-hmm. that he, no one would know who he was. But no, like, you didn't have to worry. People knew who Keith Lee was. And if they didn't, they sure as hell knew it that night. <laughs> Keith motherfucking Lee. Of course. Hell yeah. One of my favourite surprise entrants um, has to be uh, Royal Rumble 2016. Uh, Roman Reigns at number one, defending his t- WWE title. Just eliminated Rusev, who was at number two. And number three, the person who has been rumoured for so long... Well, for a few weeks, actually, at that time after leaving New Japan, finally makes his debut in WWE. AJ Styles. That was... That reaction was so good. It blew my fucking mind. I could not believe... Like, I was so, like... I just kind of, like... Watching him in TNA, I just always just assumed I would never see him in WWE. It's kind of like it was kind of like the situation with Sting. Yeah, yeah. In that yeah. It was always like he he was so loyal to the brand that he, you just kind of assume you would just never see him there. Yeah, like, it like, was just gonna be impossible. Was that everyone was always like, oh, well, when's it gonna happen? And then it just never did hmm. until eventually. It's it's an amazing thing to watch AJ in his tryout matches in WWE. Uh, when he faced off against the Hurricane and Rico um, in a couple of dark yeah. matches, one of them, of course, being on uh, being televised for Sunday Night Heat, um, mm. but turned down the contract, uh, as people know, because of course his wife was in university and he didn't want to up uproot and move all the way to um, Cincinnati. Um, and so he just plodded along trying to get into the indies after, of course, WCW had shut down and then, you know, made his name in TNA. So it's like, to me, it was like... And then a certain man came along and was like, did you buy some gold? <laughs> <laughs> it's amazing. It was just crazy to see AJ in WWE. And I was, again, it's another thing of, of good timing on that sense, like with Bubba Ray coming back in Philly. To do it, it seemed logical that if you were going to do it, you should do it in Orlando because most people oh, yeah. in that Florida crowd would have known who AJ was from his days yeah. in DNA. Absolutely. Uh, great, great moment. And I uh, don't know if this will, it wasn't a like surprise entrant or anything. I should have said it for rumble moon. Um, even though I didn't know what it would lead to in the future, <laughs> uh, Shinsuke Nakamura winning in 2018. Yeah, yeah, that was a great surprise. That was a great surprise yeah. moment as well. Was a great moment. 
because uh, I was like, holy shit, my New Japan mark is coming out with me. They're actually yeah. going to go with yeah. me. Uh, you know what? I'll actually say, in for, in for great Royal Rumbles, the very first women's Royal Rumble was fucking outstanding. I love oh, that yeah. Royal Rumble so What's much. What's a Rumble? Like, top to bottom fucking Oh, amazing. yeah, it was great. You know what? It was great to see. You know, it, it, it was such a nostalgia thing for me, and it was yeah. so good to see Molly Holly back in a ring. Oh, yeah! Molly Holly! Yeah. Molly Holly! I don't care what anyone says. The most underrated women's wrestler in WWE. Fucking WWE. ridiculous. It's ridiculous oh. how underrated she is. She is, like, why? She's not a Hall of Famer yet, is, is she? Um, She inducted Ivory, I believe, but no, I don't think she's an entrance. She should be. She is herself. She's a fucking Hall of Famer. What the should fuck? Be. What is taking them so goddamn long? But it is infuriating. What? It was, seemed logical as well in that first Rumble to make Trish number 30 as well. Cause, yeah, yeah no, I was like, when Moment was doing it, I was like, all right, let's see Trish. She's like, where's, Tri where's Trish? Where's yeah. Trish? Where's Trish? And then she goes up and I was like, yeah, boy. <laughs> no, to be a... fair with that one the one I was actually really happy about was getting Jacqueline yeah, yeah. and Jacqueline Jacqueline fucking I fighting I, I wasn't expecting that no mm. I wasn't but you know what kind of got me she fought fucking stiff as fuck yeah oh yeah it I was amazing oh yeah and Vicky Guerrero yes yeah yes. you know what's weird about that rumble for me in particular I feel like it's somewhat um not marred, but kind of ended on a bit of a bum note. And the reason why is, of course, Oscar won that rumble. Great, yep. sh great showing. But I feel that it's a bum note for me. It's because Ronda Rousey made her debut then. And yeah. just came out and pointed at the WrestleMania sign. And it just, to yeah. me, it just yeah. felt like, uh, come on, it you was give a Oscar the moment. For, it, was, it was a bum note for me because Kelly Kelly returned, but that's a separate thing. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, okay, so I guess the final topic we can talk about is uh, what would you, what what's the one thing for you or the one moment that truly encompasses the Royal Rumble and why are you always so excited to see it every year? Do you know what? It's so fucking stupid. The buzzer. I know that's a weird thing. But there's just something about that take, just something about that countdown where everyone is, you know why? Like, I, we have to kind of talk about it. I do feel very quickly <laughs> why the um the 2014 Royal Rumble was such a absolute shit show <laughs> because like literally everyone looks forward to the Royal Rumble. Mm. It is like it of all the matches. I've always thought that that is the most, um, that's the most like fan oriented one. That one yeah. is the one that feels like such a big celebration. Yeah. And like, and like you can hear it every time like the countdown starts and everyone's like, oh shit, here we go. And everyone is, everyone's counting along, ready to do it. And everyone makes the, the buzzing sound with their mouth because <laughs> yeah. like, because it's just because it's always so great to see yeah it's always so fun and and like it's just such a fun little event without yeah without question without question and so like yeah i think that's i just just hearing the fucking buzzer every time <laughs> And yeah, and it's the and it's the one and again we I mentioned this a while back, but it's the one where like 
even like the people who don't watch wrestling, like don't keep up, they will come back to watch the Royal Rumble yeah. and see what's going on. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> and, and, and a very quick aside, I will always miss um, the lead up, the road to the Royal Rumble, where people are actually fighting to see whether where their number will be. I miss that yeah. a lot. I really do. Same. Uh, Dan? I don't know if there's really, like, one moment that sums up the Royal Rumble for me, but I think the thing about the Royal Rumble is it just always has this... The only thing I can describe it is chaotic energy. <laughs> oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Because it's like, you literally just don't know what's going to happen because it's the moment where you look to see who's going to be the star of that year. Mm. Mm. it's the person who's going to be shot right up into the main event and the person who's going to be like the most important person really yeah so you know you're always just kind of thinking like oh who's it going to be what what's going to happen what's going to come next out of it and that's why i get so excited for it because like you know this year and then like seeing like oh shit drew mcintyre's won it what's going to happen yeah well, that's the thing. That's the thing that gets me about it. Yeah, coronavirus happened. That's what happened. Uh, yeah. <laughs> coronavirus got the most of... Oh, no, I can't say that. No, no, no. <laughs> coronavirus won the Royal Rumble this year. It did, unfortunately. <laughs> no, you know what? I don't really... I don't have anything to add because both of you pretty much summed up what I... You know, the moments or the feelings I get from the Royal Rumble, so... That's that's how I'll end it. <laughs> All right. And that concludes the Royal Rumble. Um, oh, man. Even just talking about it, just, you know, just it just makes me smile. It's just the it does. I know. Great. Just so much warm memories watching the Royal Rumble. <laughs> oh, happy memories. And it just makes you realize, oh, great. The year, rest of the year is probably not going to be as good, is it? I will I will put this on record. The 2021 Royal Rumble is a shit show in the making. <laughs> what we've got uh, <laughs> as of this recording, we've got uh, three months, so we'll see how that pans out. Uh, Big E, please win the Royal Rumble. Um, Come on, I need it. I need it. <laughs> I need it. We, we, we all, we all need it. So we all literally need it. Look, it's that, it's that, or it's Cesaro. Okay. Oh, mm-hmm. I won't get my hopes up. We, yeah, Why are you yeah. fucking doing this to me, Dan? Every time you just rip my heart out, man. Because you know I'm like this. <laughs> I fucking hate it, man. Lord Jesus. All right, then. So, what do we have coming up on the next episode, Dan? Next week's episode, it's another best worst. And this time... It's comedy tag teams. Oh, oh, oh fucking hell. Oh, oh, no. oh, oh this, this is, is going to be a good one. This is going to be a very interesting is, one. Listener, if you don't want to hear meme shit for five hours, <laughs> maybe, maybe skip Maybe skip next week. Skip next week. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but uh, no, all that's left for me to say is that I have been Sam. This has been Ridden and Dan, and you have been listening to the Sweet Chin Web podcast. We will see you as always, on the next one. <laughs> <laughs> we all had the same idea. <laughs> <laughs>